All right, in Acts 26, the Apostle Paul ministry is what we're dealing with. This is part four on our series, the Apostle Paul ministry. All right, and I want everybody to understand that we are under the Apostle Paul ministry in this house in case you don't understand. All right, all right. There, there are a lot of different pre people in this Bible. There's Peter, there's James, there's John, but they all taught the law. All right, but we are under Paul ministry because he taught grace. All right, we gave you that this morning. Now, let's get into the word. A lot of things that we'll not be able to cover uh, in, our, in this series. But let's go to John chapter 9, where we get our subject from. John chapter 9 is a question. And I, I want you to understand this is a very important question because uh, we, 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 we come up against religion. We come up against tradition of men. And you've got to be able to answer questions. This, this man was attacked by the religious leaders. This man was attacked by the religious leaders. Now, you got to understand something. Once the religious leaders came to him, they had questions. Now, that's where this attack came from. John chapter 9. When you get this, say amen. John chapter 9, verse 1. That's why we have this camera right here. Verse 1 says, And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was born blind from his birth. All right? And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And Jesus answered, Neither hath this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. I must work the works of God. I must work the works of God that sent me. Why is it day? Night cometh and no man can work. As long as I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world. When he had thus spoken, he spat on the ground, made clay of the spittle. He anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. And he said to him, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is by interpretation sent. He went his way, therefore, and washed, and he came seeing. Now, we're going we to use, uh, uh, let me read down to verse 10, you'll see it. The, the neighbor, therefore, which had seen him, said unto him that was, that was born blind, is this the man that sat at the gate and begged? Some says, yeah, that's him. Others says, he is like him. But he said, I am he. See, he has to know who he is. Amen? I don't care what nobody else think about you. You got to know who you are. And watch verse number 10. Therefore said they unto him, how was your eyes open? See, that's what our teaching today is about. It's how God opened your eyes. I want to know, the, I want to know, how did God open your eyes? Look at somebody and say that. How did God open your eyes? Because if your eyes are open, you're supposed to know how they were open. See, I know how God opened my eyes. This is how he did it. He did it with the word. So I believe that's why John chapter 9 is showing us that it was Jesus who opened this blind man's eye. Now remember, this is not just an ordinary miracle in the Bible. This is a miracle that had to be revealed by the Holy Spirit because Jesus said this is so that the works of God should be made manifest. So in this miracle, this man was born blind. They got to understand what he's saying. This man was born blind. So he's dealing with 
the person who is the unbeliever. So an unbeliever is born blind. Let me put it this way. I told you this morning, born in sin. Let me put it another way. Dead in sin. So I said this morning, <coughs> excuse me, I said we were born dead. Now that's an awesome thing to know that I was born dead. But I was born dead means I was dead in sins and trespasses. Every one of us. You, you heard that from the psalmist. I was born in sin, shaped in iniquity. <coughs> Excuse me. In sin did my mother conceive me. So I had to understand that was his thing. But every one of us were born dead, born in sin. We were born dead in sin. How many understand what I'm saying? So that means you were not born saved. Come on now, you could only be born saved or you was born dead. So we had to be made alive. If you read Genesis chapter 1, the Bible said God created Adam. Genesis chapter 2, it said in verse 7, and the, and the Lord formed man from the dust of the ground. Breathing to us, not to the breath of life, man became a living soul. Well, Genesis chapter 2 is just bringing to life what God created in Genesis chapter 1. God created man in Genesis chapter 1. But he wasn't alive to Genesis chapter 2. Because he had to form man, breathe into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became. How many can see that? Man became a living soul. But God had to form man from the dust of the ground, breathe into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. So that means that he was born dead. When God created man, man was dead. So God had to breathe into a man's nostril. All of this was done physically. The breath of life, man became a living soul. All right, now, let me show you that we're in John chapter 9. I'm going to stay here until I finish 9 for I'm going to come back. He's going to tell them again how God opened his eyes. See, you got, you got to get the, the picture. How did God open your eyes? See, verse 11 says, he answered and says, a man that's called Jesus. See, when you tell me I was baptized in water in Jesus' name, and that's how I received the Holy Ghost, or that's how I was saved, listen to what you're saying. Do you hear what you're saying? Are you saying that God did not do it? I was baptized in water in Jesus' name, and I see everything you did. So that's why this story is going on. Verse 11 says, this man says, a man called Jesus. What is he doing? He's giving God the praise and the credit for opening his eyes. A man that's called Jesus made clay. Now, I really believe the whole story is that God made a man out of clay, dirt man, Jesus, 
and anointed him, all that happened. But I'm not teaching that part. He asked and said, a man called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes and said to me, go to the pool of Shalom and wash. I went and washed and I received sight. My point is, this man knew how God opened his eyes. Verse 15, because the enemy is coming back again. Then again, the Pharisees also asked him how he had received sight. My point is, look how many times they keep coming at this man. How did you receive your sight? He said to them, he put clay on my eyes, and I watched and I do see. But they're not done. Verse number 16 said, therefore, some of them, the Pharisees, this man is not of God because he keepeth not the Sabbath day. Isn't that something? Now they turn around and, and judge Christ because he didn't keep the Sabbath day because he healed a man on the Sabbath day. See, that's why he had to teach on the Sabbath because the Sabbath, was, uh, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. God gave them the Sabbath so man could have a day of rest. Now they won't take the Sabbath day and judge him with it. That's what the law does. And verse number 17, they said, they, they say unto the blind man, what hast thou done? What saith thou of this man? That he opened your eyes. And the man said, he's a prophet. But, but the Jews did not believe concerning him that he had been blind. Now they don't even believe the man had been blind. Now, they've been seeing this man, passing this man all this time. They said, you're not the same guy. That's how much this man had changed when God opened his eyes. So they called his parents. And verse number 19, and they asked them, saying, is this your son? That sad, because religion ain't going to believe it. This is what they're saying. They say your son was born blind. How then does he now see? Now the parents weren't even there, so they went and got him. In verse 20, his parents answered and says, we know not. We know that this is our son. We don't have no problem with that. We know he was born blind. But why, what means he now see? We don't know. I mean, we wasn't here. Or who has opened his eyes, we don't even know. And then they said that he's of age, he should speak for himself. Now, that's what you must understand when you get born of the Spirit. You have to now speak for yourself, right? You can't be having mom and dad talk to you about your salvation. Then in verse 21, now watch what they're saying. By what means? He now see. See, they could understand that God healed this blind man. Nobody gonna believe you saved. They won't know what something happened. Who did something to you? We know not who has opened his eyes. We don't know that. He's of age. Ask him. He shall speak for himself. Verse twenty-two. These words spake his parents because they feared the Jews. See, they were gonna let them worship in the synagogue no more. Down in verse 24. Then again they called the man that was blind. Again. Said to him, give God the praise. We know you are a sinner. 
Ain't that something? Listen, once God opened your eyes, you're not a sinner no more. Somebody say hallelujah. Now, they, they look at him. Now, God has opened his eyes, and they say, look, we know you're a sinner. He answered and said, whether I be a, a whether, whether he be a sinner or no. Now they're talking about Jesus. Jesus, is he a sinner? Give God the praise. We know this man's a sinner. Talking about Jesus. Call Jesus a sinner. That's what religion is. He answered and said, whether he be a sinner or no, I know not. But I, I, one thing I know, I was blind, but now I see. Somebody said, I was blind, but now I see. See, that's what happens when you get born again. God opened your eyes. But you got to remember how God opened your eyes, and that's what this teaching is about today. Verse 26, again, they're going to say to him again, what did he do to you? What crap doing over there to y'all? How open he your eyes? See, they want to know. That's what you got to understand. Over and over in John chapter 9, they spend in the whole chapter asking this man, how was his eyes open? That's why you got to understand when God gave us 1 Corinthians chapter 15, one of the things he said to them was, keep in remembrance. When we read 1 Corinthians 15, you hear it every time. If you keep it remembered. See, you got to understand, you got to remind, you got to be remember, you got to remind what God had done for you. What God had done for you, you got to keep that in remembrance. When somebody asks you about your salvation, you got to be able to answer it. You got to know how you were saved. All right, watch what he says. How me your eyes? How did he open your eyes? He answered, and I said, I told you already. You did not hear me. Why would you hear it again? You want to be a disciples? They reviled him and said, look, we, be, we are Moses' disciples. We know God spoke to Moses. How do you know God spoke to Moses? Isn't that something? People go way back there 2,000 years later and say, well, we know God spoke to Moses. But for this man, we don't know where he came from. But yet, the man said, but yet he has opened my eyes. Now the man going to start witnessing to him. Now we know that God here not sinners. See, you call Jesus a sinner, but we know God don't hear sinners. We know that God does not hear sinners. Isn't that something? This man is fighting back, ain't he? He said, but if any man be a worshiper of God and do this will, God will hear him. What's the key here? Since the world began, was it not heard that any man Open the eyes of one that is blind, that is born blind. It's not in the old covenant. Nobody in the old covenant ever opened a man's eyes that were born blind. That's why I believe this is talking about your salvation. Nobody in the whole Old Testament ever been saved and given the Holy Spirit and born again until Jesus came. Let me say it again. Nobody in the whole Old Testament, ever was born again until Jesus died and buried and raised again from the dead. You are the, you are the people 
who God born again, who God raised from the dead. You are the firstborn. Um, that's why Jesus called the firstborn of many brothers. That's why he called the firstborn. Why? Because you are the people that both to praise the Lord because you are the one that been raised from the dead. Nobody in the whole Old Testament, I don't expect people who not saved to believe this. You cannot find anybody in the Old Testament that was born again. You cannot find anybody in the Old Testament that had received inside of them the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came in nobody in the Old Testament. He came up on people for service. The Spirit of God on you for what reason? Service. He came on people. He still do that today for service. But we are the only ones because the gospel of Christ was preached to us. Nobody else but us. And this was the only way God can make us his children by giving us the Holy Spirit if we believe the gospel. That's the only way you can become a child of the living God. You have to believe the gospel of Christ. God give you the Holy Spirit, you become his own children. Israel was not his children. Israel was his family. Israel was his people. But you're the ones who the scripture has been fulfilled. Let me show it to you. In 1 Peter 2, I read it last week. 1 Peter chapter 2. See, we are the ones who God made the children of the living God. The scriptures was changed when it came to us. 1 Peter, when I say changed, I mean fulfilled. 1 Peter chapter 2. And look what I read last week. And verse 9. But you are a chosen generation. Now, this is what God said to Israel. A royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praise of him who has called you out of darkness, watch this, into his marvelous light. Watch what this say. If you look at your reference, it would take you to Hosea chapter 1 and verse 9. Somebody write those down. We'll look at them. Hosea chapter 1, verse 9 and 10. Hosea chapter 1, verse 9 and 10. We'll go back there. Watch what this says. Which in time past, now he's quoting this, were not a people, but are now the people of God, which have, had not obtained mercy. I'm showing you that's how you were saved. You were saved by obtaining God's mercy which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. See, this, this is who we were. Uh, let's go and look at that in Ephesians before we go over there. Let's show it to you two places. Let's go. See, we have to understand what God did. See, when I go and teach Romans chapter 9, 10, 11, I'm going to show you, first of all, that Israel rejected salvation. That's why I gave you last week in Acts chapter 13. Israel rejected salvation. Well, when Israel rejected salvation, that salvation came to the Gentiles. So that means when they rejected salvation, they fell from grace. And once they rejected salvation, grace now was given to us. 
You are the only people who God has saved by grace. See, I don't think you understand. Without God's grace, you would never have been saved. That's why we call it mercy. That's the other word for it. What, what verse I told you to go to? Ephesians chapter 2. Boy, I heard some prayer in the spirit then, didn't I? From Ephesians chapter 2. I don't be trying to trick you. I just want to see how you're listening. Ephesians chapter number 2, verse 1. Now watch what Paul says to the Ephesians. And you, see that's us, has he quickened, made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sin. We were dead in sins. We were dead in trespasses. And verse number 4. We're going to skip down to verse 4. But God. See, we were dead in sin, but when Christ came, but God, who is rich in mercy, mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us. This is how much God loved us. Having, I'm sorry, two pages flipped there. Ephesians. Chapter 2 and verse number 2. We skip down to verse 4, I'm sorry. But God, who's rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sin. Now, you got to understand this now. God didn't save you last week. This is what so many think. They think they go to church. I went to church and got saved. No, you did not. You went to church and you heard the gospel preached if you did. And you believe the gospel, and then God gave you the spirit, but he saved you 2,000 years ago. There's no more dying on the cross. You are not going to be saved again. God already saved you one time. See, I hear people all the way when they go to church, say, I'm still saved. Well, I hope so. God saved you 2,000 years ago. He's not saving you today. I have to preach Christ crucified to you today that God's son died for you 2,000 years ago. It was already the works were fulfilled. Work was already done before the foundation of the world. Christ came here and just confirmed the covenant. That's all he did. And now when you believe the gospel, you receive the Holy Spirit. You receive God's salvation. Now this is just so plain. And yet people have said they have to do something. I did this to be saved. What do you do? I was baptized in water in Jesus' name. That's what you're saying. I did that to be saved. I, here's another one. I confess with my mouth. I believe with my heart. That's how I was saved. No, you didn't. Because the faith that you get when you're born of the Spirit is not your faith. So if you had to confess with your mouth, and believe in your heart to be saved, you have to use your faith. And your faith is dead. When you are not saved, your faith is dead being alone. Only God's work brought your faith to life. As a matter of fact, the faith you got is not your faith. 
is God's faith. So when you question God's faith or don't believe in God's faith, you enable, you cause it not to work. That's why you got to understand the word rest. That's why you got to enter into God's rest. You got to seize from your own label. When you're going to believe God to do something, don't mess with it with your mind. God's faith works if you don't hinder it. Isn't that something? That's why God did all of his miracles when Jesus came on the Sabbath day. Wonder why? Because nobody was working. And when you don't work, God work. When you rest, God works in your life. Clap your hand, you learn something. When you rest, God works in your life. When you work, how do you work? How many know how you work? No, that ain't how you, I ain't talking about God. I'm talking about how do you work that called God not to? Worry. You ought to write that down. When you worry, you work. And when you work, God don't work. But when you rest from your label and stop worrying about it, then God can, op God can do, do what he got to do in your life. Come on, clap your hands again. You're learning stuff. When people worry, they cause the spirit not to operate in their life. Now, guess how many people not getting into stuff and not getting nothing done? They trying to do it. Girl, I tried. And they sang, we sang a song. We sang it all the time. Try it and you try. And you keep trying. Even when we were, verse 5, we're in Ephesians 2, 5. Even when we were dead in sin, has, 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 quickened us together with Christ. That word quickened me made us alive. God made us alive together with Christ. Well, when was Christ made alive? 2,000 years ago. God made us alive together with Christ. See, if you just hear what the word say, God made us alive together with Christ. Verse number, and that's why he said, by grace you are saved. Not going to be saved. By grace you are saved. See, I'm going to have to preach it to you so you can believe it, so you can receive it in your heart. And that, that way you can mix it with faith. Now you can start knowing that you're saved and start saying it yourself. Watch what he says. Not only save you, he has raised us up together. He has made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Made you sit together. Because you know good and well we didn't want to. He had to do it because we did not know what, we, what he wanted from us. He made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ. Already saved you. Already got you a seat. Isn't that something? So when you, when you walk around here talking about I'm baptized in water in Jesus' name to be saved, then you lose your seat. You die and go to hell and get somebody else get the seat. What a short of shame. God already did everything need to be done for your life. Watch, how, why did he do that? That in the ages to come, we're in Ephesians 2, 7. That in the ages to come, 
he might show the exceeding riches of his kind. That's what he's showing you now. Toward us through Christ Jesus. And again, in case you miss it, for by grace are you saved. That's the same saying, by grace you are saved. If you ever wake up in the morning and say, I'm saved, it's going to blow your mind. I am saved. It doesn't stop being saved because you missed the mark. You don't need to be doing foolish stuff because you're saved. Shall we sin so grace can abound? Romans 6, certainly not. You don't need to be messing up because you're saved. You're just like, okay, I got my license now. I can go 100. No, no, no. You don't need to be driving 100 because you got a license. Because before you got your license, you was keeping the speed limit. 35, you wouldn't even, even bug. Now, you don't get, get your license. No, that, that's not how it works. You ought to drive better because you got your license. All right. Verse 8, for by grace you are saved, but it's through faith. Now, you need to write this down because it's very important. Romans 3.20. A lot of you might have that in your Bible, but you got to understand, Romans 3.20 has to do with by faith and through faith. And I'm going to show you what those mean in just a moment. For by grace are you saved through faith, not of yourself, it's the gift of God. Not of works. Not of works. Lest any man should boast. We are his workmanship. Now remember, this says creation, new creation. New creation started at Genesis. There's a new creation ended at the cross. So when God said, let us make man, at Genesis chapter number uh, one, let us make man. At the cross, man was finished. Let me say it again. Let us make man, Genesis chapter one. Genesis chapter 2, it is finished. What was finished? He finished making man. See, the new creation, you were created in Christ. You were created in Christ. All right, now, now here's, here's the last verse here. We're in Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 10 once again. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus on the good works, which God had before ordained that we should walk in him. So that's why it had to be finished. Now, I finally got to my verse. Isn't that something? All this time. Wherefore, remember. Now, don't forget this word, remember, because that's why you got to do when you're saved. You got to remember you're saved. This is what keeps you from a whole lot of stuff when you remember you're saved. You know why I wear a ring on my finger? Why do you wear your ring on your wedding finger? To remind you that you're married. Do you realize when a woman sees a man, the first thing she does is look at his ring finger? Now, you may not think that happened, but you, you watch people. It's just like you. When you look at another woman, what do you look at? You look at her ring finger. If she's already married, you don't need to be saying nothing there. Hello? Come on now. Come on. Y'all talk to me. If, I, if you see another woman's already married, what can you say to her but good morning, good evening? All right. That's why some women wear a ring on their finger and they're not married because they don't want to be bothered. 
Smart. You're real smart. I like that. Somebody say amen. amen. Now watch this verse 11. Wherefore remember that you being in time past, so you're not Gentile no more. Somebody, come on, say I'm not Gentile no more. In time past, we were Gentile in the flesh because Gentiles is in the flesh, isn't that right? You went from way up there to... Come on, we are not Gentiles no more. Gentiles in the flesh. Hello. I said we are not Gentiles no more. Because that's what? That's in the flesh. Well, anything in the flesh, I'm not in the more. Amen. Amen. See, what we end up doing is we want to be somebody in the flesh again. See, so when you, when you hear people telling you about I'm a Christian and they turn around and, and tell you something in the flesh, they don't understand Christianity. Amen. Because God born you out of the flesh. When you got born again, you were born how? Out of the flesh into the spirit realm. You are no more flesh. You're a new creation in Christ. I say you're in Christ. You're not in Adam. Come on, you're in Christ. Say I'm in Christ. I'm not in Adam. Why is that so important? I gave it to you this morning. Look at 1 Corinthians 15. I'm sorry. Yeah, 1 Corinthians 15. And I gave you verse 20 through 22. Because if you're still in Adam, you're dead. If you're still in Adam, you're dead in trespass and sins. This is what people make the mistake at. They're, they're, they're not born of the Spirit. They're not taught by the Word. So they don't know where they're at. That's why I keep saying to you over and over, keep saying you in Christ. I keep saying, say I'm in Christ. Say it with me. I'm in Christ. You got to know your location. You are in Christ. You are seated why he wanted you to work seated? Because you have entered to God rest. You're not working no more. Coming down with salvation, I'm seated. What do a king do once he takes his throne? He sit down. And he speaks the word. And things get done. Lord, just speak the word. That's what God is trying to get us to do. Stop trying to get up here and do it ourselves. You get over there. Just sit down, Reverend, and speak the word. That's why the man told Jesus, I'm a man of authority just like you are. Just speak the word. You don't have to come to my house. Just speak the word. Your servant will hear you. And the Lord said, whoa, look at this face. Haven't found a man in Israel had that kind of faith. Just speak the word. And your servant would hear you. He knew. He said, I could have called legions of angels. A legion is a thousand. I could have called legions of angels, he just said, when they came to get him. Legions. Thousands. All he do is speak the word. And angels would have been all through that God. It would have been over. Matter of fact, they were already there. The Bible said they were ministering to him. See, so you got to understand, you got to know who you are. You're royalty. Now, I know sometimes some of y'all just, Ron, I'm royalty. Need to meditate on the word royalty sometimes. Got to know who you are, man. 
When I come to my father, I come to my father because he's royalty. Well, if he's royalty and I'm his son, I got to be royalty too. See, some of y'all can't handle it too, 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 too much. You still see yourself in the flesh. Look at 1 Corinthians 15, 20. You keep, you keep looking at Adam. You got to get your mind off Adam. This had nothing to do with your natural being. This is who you are in Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 20. That's what I told you this morning. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam, now where are you? In Adam all die. Where are you? Well, you're not in Adam. Even so in Christ shall all be made alive. God made you alive. God put you in Christ so he can keep you alive. I don't think you hear what I just said. God put your soul in Christ to keep it alive. That's why you have everlasting life. Everlasting life is not how long I live. I got everlasting life. I'm going to live a long time. That don't mean that the man ain't saved going to live a long time. Your soul going to live eternity somewhere. Your soul going to live in, in an eternal, eternal state somewhere. Either be eternal death or eternal life. So eternal life is a person. Either you in eternal life now or you're not. Come on now, come out of it. Snap out of it. Come on back. I see eternal life is a person. Just like the resurrection is a person. See, we're looking at this thing and we don't understand. We are reading the word of God. He is the word of God. <laughs> In the beginning was the word. That's why people don't understand faith. And that's the next part I'm going to go to. You got to understand. I told you this morning about your faith. 2 Corinthians 4, 13. I'm not going to go to it. Just put it on the screen. We have it received. We have received. We have received. How do we know that? Romans 12 and 3 said God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Well, we have it received. The same Spirit of faith. God called one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit the spirit of faith. You get all of this in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. The spirit of wisdom, the spirit of faith, the spirit of... You hear that in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. But it says, it'll use the word, the word of. Really, it's the spirit of. So if I got wisdom, I got the spirit of wisdom. How many know what the first order of power? Three words. I just gave you the third one. I gave you the first one already. It's three of them. You don't know the three of them? Wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Well, those, those are the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of knowledge, and the spirit of understanding. That's what you got when you got born of the spirit. You got the perfect seven spirit. You got every one of them. You got also the spirit of faith. That's found in 2 Corinthians 4.13. Put it on the screen again. 2 Corinthians 4.13. We are having the same spirit of faith. You got the spirit of faith if you're born again. 
Just read on the street. We having the same spirit of faith. See, I have the spirit of faith. Well, see, if I go there to 1 Corinthians chapter number 12, you have all those too. You got the spirit of wisdom. You got the spirit of knowledge. You got the spirit of understanding. You got every spirit because you have the Holy Spirit. And in Christ dwell all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Ephesians 1 and 3, blessed be God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly realm and the heavenly places in Christ. So you have it all. It's all in you. That's why I told you this morning, you got to know what Jesus did. Jesus spent all his time in two places. And that's preaching and praying. I said Jesus spent all his time in two places. And that's preaching and praying. When you realize why he was able to do what he did. He spent all his time in doing two things. What were they called? Preaching and praying. Let me, let me find. Maybe I can give you a little of that. I got a few minutes. I'm detouring. Sometimes you have to give people some, something what they need right now. So I'm just going to take that out of the Lord, okay? Put down your notes. Two things. Number one, Jesus prayed all night. Now this was three and a half years. If he wasn't walking on the water somewhere, he and his disciples waking him up out of prayer, crying, babies. Luke chapter 6, verse 12. Let's go to work. Since you're here on the fifth Sunday, I'm going to give you this. Luke chapter 6, verse 12. Luke chapter 6 and verse 12. And it came to pass, I need you to follow me on the screen. And it came to pass in those days that he went out into a mountain to pray. How many know you can write it down? I'm not going to even go through all that trying to get you to catch up. He went out the mountain. The mountain was called the Mount Olives. Okay, regardless of what mountain I say from now on, you know it's the Mount Olives, right? It called different words. All right. Watch what happened. He went out into a mountain to pray and he continued all night in prayer to God. How long? How long did Jesus pray? I don't hear you. How long did he pray? Prayed all night. Now, Jesus didn't pray all night because it was Monday. When he said he prayed all night, that means every night. This was his lifestyle. If you want to know about our Lord, how dedicated he was to saving you, he couldn't give no time to the flesh. He couldn't give no time to religion and tradition of men. They tried to catch him seven days a week. And how did, he, how did he fight? He fight the good fight of what? Faith. And I told you this morning in Hebrew chapter number four, verse one, two, and three, that Israel could not enter into the promised land because of unbelief. They could not get the thing that God had for them because they did not believe. You got to understand about unbelief. Unbelief will keep you from 
what God has for your life. This is why he stayed in prayer. That's why God told the people, the men of God in Acts chapter 6, when they first came out to have people to serve, they said, because we got to give ourselves to the word of God and prayer. That's where your pastor life is. I'm saying it because you have people to tell you from other churches that don't have a praying pastor. Yeah, yo, my pastor wasn't there for me. My pastor wasn't there for me. Yabba, yabba, yabba. That's what they said about Jesus. See, when they sent for Jesus, he didn't come at that time. You know why? He was in prayer. Lazarus was sick. Lazarus died. And Jesus said, I'm glad for your sake. Because Jesus, when he told them to let's go, he was just coming out of prayer. And once you prayed about things, you don't worry about them in the natural realm. You go to the source. That's God himself. If you can learn how to pray, you will keep you from worry. So if you worry, you got too much time on your hand, you ain't praying. That's the only way you're going to get to worry, you ain't praying. Let's move on, because I'm not here to be on you today. I said Jesus prayed all night. Let's go to Luke chapter 22 and verse 39. Luke chapter 22 and verse 39. We're going to read that down to verse 46. Luke chapter 22. You got to develop a prayer life. You hear people talking about praying, but you, you got to ask yourself, how long is that? How many days is that? Luke chapter 22, verse 39. You get this, amen. Luke chapter 22 and verse 39. I'm showing you how to change your course of life. If you, if you got some things in your life ain't going right, give yourself to prayer. You shut the mouths and the voices of the enemy when you go to prayer. The Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 22. Oh, hallelujah. Luke twenty-two thirty-nine, And he came out. And he came out. I know I'm reading verse 39. I'm just saying it over and over. And he came out. That's the first word. If he came out, what, what he came out? And he, and he came out and went as he wanted to the Mount Olives. Soon he came out of one thing, which was preaching and teaching and miracles. He went to the Mount of Olives, and the disciples followed him. Where did he go? To the Mount of Olives. And when he was at the place, he said to them, pray that you enter not into temptation. See, he saw the, his disciples Going through temptation and lies. Told him you need to pray. Anytime you can look at somebody else's wife and, 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 and lust, you ain't praying. Because if you ain't prayer, flesh is dead. 
You have no lust in your heart for no flesh. That's where flesh dies. You go to prayer, flesh dies. You don't have to worry about flesh. You go to prayer, you kill it. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone cast, and he kneeled down and prayed, saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. So he wasn't saying a lot of stuff. That's why people can't understand how to pray all night. You try to bring up Daniel and Lounden and all, all this other stuff. Man, you don't need to do that. Just find something you need to pray about. Stay on that and stay on that and stay on that until it manifests. All this other stuff you talk about ain't no good. If you got somebody who you praying for is sick, then you pray for that person. I believe Jesus prayed for Lazarus all night. I believe when he got up, he said, now let's go. Let's go see Lazarus. He prayed. That's what you got to understand. Something and he just pray on, pray on all night until you pray through. You can tell when you pray through, you can't pray no more. Just sit there, glory to God, and say, thank you, Jesus. That's how you know things. We're praying for Sister Carolyn Viverett in this house right now. Some of y'all don't know Carolyn. You should sit back there with her, her daughter. One of her daughters, a praiser. You ain't been in this church all these years. Still don't know Carolyn Viverett. God help you. Carolyn Viverett been here 30 years. All right, let's move on. What we are praying for. See, the young lady sitting back, that's Sierra. We, we was praying for Sierra. That's why I told the other day, girl, I didn't want to say nothing, but I've been praying for you. And that's what happened, people. You're praying for people. It's like they keep you up at night. Go to bed trying to get some sleep, and all of a sudden you got to get up. Cause why? You got to pray for somebody. That's what happened when you at this church. I'm praying for you. Four o'clock this morning. I'm praying for you. See, this is how you get it done. Jesus was a man of prayer. We in Luke. I'm not going to Luke anymore. I got go. to go. Let's go to John 18 and 1. John 18 and 1. I'm going to give you a couple from the other side. You can finish up later. You, you can, a lot of you have been knowing the Lord alone of the search of Scripture. Got a concordance leader you know is in the back. You know where to find the answer. You did that in school. You go to the back of the book. That's why people don't understand the book of Revelation. It's in the back of the book. It's the answer. <laughs> Hallelujah. John chapter 18, verse 1. When Jesus had spoken these words, he went forth with his disciples over the brook Kijon, where was a garden, into the which he entered and his disciples. And Judas also who betrayed him knew the place. Why? Because they know where Jesus was at night. I say he knew where Jesus was at night. Because Jesus prayed all night in the same place. That's why I tell people, you want to know what you will, can God find you if he wanted you? You had a prayer life, he know where you at. Judas knew the place, for Jesus oftentimes resorted thither with the disciples. Jesus, Judas then, having received the ban of men, 
and officers for the chief priests and Pharisees came there with lanterns and torches. Jesus, what Jesus going to say to him? Jesus, therefore, knowing all things should be, should, uh, uh, that, that should come upon him, he went forth and said to them, who are you looking for? They answered and said, we're looking for Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said to them, I'm he. You came to me while I was in prayer. You don't understand. That's very naughty of you. Now watch what's going to happen. Because the anointing is upon him. And Judas also was betrayed him stood. And as soon as he had said to them, I am he, they went backwards and fell to the ground. Who are you looking for? So you can understand when the anointing come upon you, he come, the anointing come upon you because you're a person of prayer. It do no good to pray for nobody if you haven't prayed. As soon as he has said to them, I am he, they went backwards and fell to the ground. This is going to happen again when he arrived from the dead too. And they, then they asked he them again, who do you seek? Who are you looking for? Come on, get up off the ground. Who are you looking for, boys? And they said, we're looking for Jesus of Nazareth. And he said to them, I have told you. Watch when he used this word, I am. I am he. Therefore, if you seek me, let these other go their way. That the saying might be fulfilled, which was spoken of them, which thou gavest me, I have lost nothing. Let me show you this here. Now, the next thing Jesus did was taught them every day. So Jesus taught the word every day and Jesus prayed all night unless his disciples had gotten a storm and he had to walk across on the sea to get to them, interrupted his prayer life. That's what Judas just did. Luke chapter 21, verse 34. I hope you're marking your Bible. Luke chapter 21, verse 34. Jesus taught, prayed, healed the sick all day. This is all he did. He prayed, he taught them, and healed their sickness. That's what he did all day. And then at night, he would go to the Mount of Olives, and he stayed. He did not have a house like we have. My God, my God. You want to know, does he love you? What verse I told you to go to? Luke 21, 34. Luke chapter 21 and verse number 34. Let's read it. And he take, take heed to yourself. If any time you be over, I'm not, I'm in the wrong. I don't need that. Verse 37, that's all I needed. I don't need all that because I read that in another chapter. Verse 37. In the day time, he was teaching the temple. When? In the daytime. I'm going to show you that's what he did in the daytime. He taught in the temple. He prayed for the sick. He healed their diseases. That's what he did in the sick. And the Bible said in the daytime, he was teaching the temple. And at night, he went out. At night, he went out. And at night he went out and abode in the mountain, which is called Mount Olive. So he taught and he prayed all day. 
Then at nighttime, he'll go into the Mount of Olives because that's where he stayed. He didn't have a house like you have. That's why he created you. So he'll have somewhere to live. But three and a half years, he did not have a house. Foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man have nowhere to lay his head. Three and a half years, he prayed all day, preached and taught. And Mount Olive is where he lived. Don't ever forget this teaching. This is where he lived. And all the people came early. Verse 37, once again, in the daytime, he was teaching in the temple. At night, he went out and abode in the mount that is called the Mount of Olives. And all the people came early in the morning to hear him in the temple. They came to hear him. So now he's going to teach all day. John chapter 8, verse 1 and 2. We've got to make it quick. My time is running out. John chapter 8. I hope you understand your Lord a little better. Understand that you, you, your Lord, this is what he did for you. John chapter 8, verse 1 and 2. Jesus went out to the Mount of Olives early in the morning, early in the morning, early in the morning. He came again to the temple and all the people came to him and he sat down and he taught them. That's what he did. And while he was there, the scribes and the Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in, in, in adultery in the very act. That's where he was in the temple teaching. Let, let, let's move on because I got to show you one more. Matthew 26, 36. Matthew 26, 36. Matthew 26, 36. Is this helping you out at all? Matthew chapter 26 and verse 36. Then cometh Jesus. Then cometh Jesus with his disciple to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to the disciple, now we know, that, we know what the place is. I told you already about all this, right? Sit you here while I go and pray yonder, so we know it. And the Bible said, he took with him Peter, James, and John, and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then he said, my soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death, even tarry here and pray. And the Bible said, when a little feather fell on his face and he prayed. All I'm showing you that it was his place of prayer. I don't have more time there, my time running out. Let's go to uh, Matthew chapter 26, verse 53. Go to verse 53. Matthew 26 and verse 53. Think of that not that I now could pray to my father and he shall presently give me more than 12 legions of angels, 12 thousands of angels. But how then shall the scripture be fulfilled? Thus it must be. In the same hour, said Jesus to his mother to, are you come out against me as a thief with swords and stay for to take me? Watch what he's going to say. I sat daily with you teaching in the temple. I was in the temple every day teaching, and yet you laid no hold on me. I sat with you daily teaching in the temple. That's what Jesus was every day teaching in the temple. Matthew 14. Matthew 14, 22. Matthew chapter 14, verse 22. Lord, help me to finish this. And as they did eat, Jesus took bread and he blessed it and broke it and gave it to them and said, take, eat, this is my body. 
I'm not going to be able to teach that. Uh, verse 23, Mark, Mark 14, 23. I'm reading the wrong thing, isn't it? I'm, I'm supposed to be reading Matthew, Matthew 14, 23. Look at that. I'm in Mark. Thank you. Mark, Matthew chapter 14 and verse number 23. Thank you so very much. Mark chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14 and verse 23. Okay, I'm there now. I'm there. I'm there. Don't count me out. Verse 22. Straightway Jesus constrained the disciples to get into a boat. Here it is. Get into a ship. To go before him unto the other side while he sent the mother to the way. Now he just taught all day. Sent the mother to the way. Verse 23. And when he had sent the mother to the way, he went up into a mountain to pray. He went up into the mountain and prayed. So while he's in prayer, when the evening was come, he was there alone. Where was he? In, in, in prayer. You got to understand, the evening you had, you had, you had three watches. That's why he's going to show you right now. Watch this. But when the, in verse number 24, but the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves and the wind were contrary in the fourth watch of the night. Jesus went to them walking on the sea. Fourth watch of the night. Anybody know what kind of time is that before watching the night? Don't worry about it. It's six o'clock in the morning. Don't want to take you through that. The first watch was six to nine, like tonight at six o'clock. That's when the Jewish clock starts. Six to nine, the first watch. Nine to twelve. Tonight, the second watch. Twelve to three is the third watch. Three to six in the morning is the fourth watch. You need to put that in your Bible so you'll know that from now on. He went to him on the fourth watch, which was six o'clock in the morning walking on the water first corinthians chapter 15. i think we ought to stand up and get the lord a big hand huh let's stand up on our feet give him a big hand because jesus prayed all night preached the word taught in the temple healed their sick all day and when he left there, he went back to the Mount Olives to sleep. He did not have a house to live in like you. Can't you? You've got to be so grateful to realize that what he gave, he gave it all. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.